Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Amen. Acts chapter number two, starting with verse, verse number one, reading the Bible says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as fire and it sat upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I'd like to skip down to verse 13. Others mocking said, these men are full, full of new wine. This evening, uh, with the help of the Lord, I'd like to minister along this line tonight. And you'll have to hear me out this evening, all right? Don't dis- just disconnect over the title, all right? I want to minister along this line. Delivered from the normalcy of Pentecost. Delivered from the normalcy of Pentecost. All right. Will you join me right now? Let's pray. God's word's anointed, but this old earthen vessel back here needs the hand of God upon me right now. This evening, Lord, I come to you. God, we appreciate, Lord, what we have felt and what we have experienced thus far. But, Lord, we come to you now, Lord Jesus, with this ministry of your word. God, in your word, Lord Jesus, can go forth and find spots in our lives and in our hearts. And, God, you can bring a conscious awareness, God, by your word. This is the mirror that we look into, Lord, that we gauge, Lord, our lives by. I pray, oh, Lord, this evening, Lord, let your presence, God, remain with us, Lord, the duration lord of the preaching of this word god bring our minds and our attention to focus upon you lord and hone our attention on you to see what the spirit would say into the church tonight god and we'll undoubtedly give you the praise and the glory god for what you accomplish master in this place in the lovely name of jesus christ i pray amen everybody say amen amen you may be seated this evening delivered from the normalcy of Pentecost on this side on this side of Acts chapter number two we have a different perspective we have a different concept if you will of Pentecost but I think it's important and it's vital to understand what Pentecost was about prior to Acts chapter number two. If we were to go back into the Old Testament leading up into the New Testament and the book of Acts that I read in your hearing tonight, Pentecost took on a little bit of a different fashion than the way that we see it with our mind's eye tonight. Pentecost simply meant 50. It coincided with the wheat harvest. There were three major feasts of the Jews, seven total, but three major feasts that 
It was required of all of the males that they should participate in these feasts. And each one of them did coincide with a harvest. And Pentecost itself coincided with the wheat harvest. It, it was known as uh, some terms as the feast of harvest. It was the culmination, if you will, of the feast of weeks that we read of in the Old Testament. Seven complete weeks, if you will, of a festival that culminated and terminated on the 50th day known in our age as Pentecost. The purpose was that there would be a celebration a celebration at the end of the wheat harvest. The people were uh, in high spirits for uh, the harvest that they were able to glean from the fields. The, the laws and the regulations concerning Pentecost was this, is that there were to be no manner of work to be done on the day of Pentecost. Again, it was required that all males should appear on the day of Pentecost, even including an invitation to the servants of their household and the sons and the daughters of their household, even the Levites that dwelled among their gates, the fatherless, the widows, the stranger was very much so all-encompassing for those that dwelt among them or with them, but not to negate the fact that it was a time and a season of rejoicing. Uh, there were certain sacrifices and there were certain offerings that was given along the days of the day of Pentecost. We read in Scripture in Deuteronomy and Leviticus and Exodus uh, some of those things that were offered unto the Lord around the day of Pentecost. The priest would offer some sacrifices and uh, some offerings unto God on behalf of the whole nation. Scripture records to us that they would give some burnt offerings unto the Lord. They would take seven male lambs that they would offer unto God, a bull that they would offer unto the Lord a couple of rams they would offer as burnt offerings unto the Lord on the day of Pentecost this is what those knew prior to Acts 2 for Pentecost to be all about this was the sum total if you will of Pentecost it was a celebration for the time of their wheat harvest it was a time of rejoicing they didn't do any work on that they didn't do no work on that day. The priest they knew was going to offer seven lambs and, and one bull and a couple of rams. He, they knew that he was going to give a sin offering. This had become almost ritualistic and a formalism to them. They, they knew what to expect on the day of Pentecost. He would offer one goat for a sin offering. The Bible portrays that there would be a fellowship or a peace offering, if you will, that was also given by the priest. There would be a, a couple of leaven loaves made from the wheat of that fresh reaped harvest. And they would bring that into uh, the temple of the Lord with a couple of lambs. And they would wave those before the Lord. And they're celebrating. And year after year, they would go through this same process we're going uh, to the temple we're required to go there we're not going to do no work these sacrifices are going to take place there we're going to make some bread of unleavened of uh, some leaven cakes of, of of the harvest that we've already got from the field uh, and whenever we celebrate and rejoice with our sons and our daughters our maid servants and our men servants we're going to go back home and that's going to be the totality of pentecost 
Someone say amen. But the Bible even declares to us concerning Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, that of all three of those festivals that the people were not to come unto the Lord empty-handed. They were not to come to the Lord empty-handed. Each of these coinciding uh, with a harvest, they were to bring to God, particularly proclaimed on Pentecost, they were to bring to God, amen, something unto the Lord that's in proportion to the harvest that they reaped. Now, just for purposes, I'm trying to get everybody to understand what I'm talking about. Now, Brother Andrew, if you could help me tonight. Brother Heath, if you could help me tonight. So we had people that were coming to the Feast of Pentecost, and they were given back unto the Lord. They were offering a tribute, the Bible says, of a free will offering unto God that was in proportion to what had happened with their field what had happened in their harvest. Can you stack some of those in Brother Heath's hand? So you can imagine different people coming. Their sacrifices differing as they approach the temple. Their sacrifices differing as they approach the house of God. Give one more than the other. And as they would come by their own observation of each other, they could see that somebody had some pretty good circumstances in their past season. Uh, there was some profitability. You know, there's old Joe, he's laden down, you know. He, he, he's got some lambs and he's got some bulls and man, he's really weighed down with his free will offering. God must have really been good to get old Joe this past season. Look, look, look at all of that, that tribute that he's bringing God because they knew that that was gonna be in proportion to how, how things prospered in their field, their environment, their surroundings. They knew that, and, and oh, look, look, we'll use your name tonight. There's, there's old Andrew though, uh, God bless his heart, God, God bless his heart, it just must not have been a too too good of a year for him in comparison to Joe, God love him, he, he's bringing his free will offering that, that's in proportion to, to his environment, you know sometimes you know how it is with life folks you know some days are better than other days some years are better than other years uh, there's, there's certain times that are better than others. There's times that we could bring larger portions because circumstances have just been more favorable. And there's other times that we could come perhaps with much less uh, uh, according even to the standard of what others have brought because it just really hasn't been that good of a year. Or could we speak in terms it's just really not been all that great of a day? And so the Bible says everyone was to bring unto the Lord his tribute of a free will offering. The people were to make their offering in proportion to the size of their harvest. Passover, the other feast, Passover was a family gathering. Pentecost was known as a social feast. Pentecost, if you will, was based on the environment of whether or not their seed found good ground to fall on that year. It was based upon whether or not they endured some hardships of storm or drought or famine, the surroundings, the probability of the soil, Pentecost in that day, in that hour, all depended upon happenstance, circumstance, happenings, environment, some things that they didn't have any control over. 
Someone just say amen. We'll get there here in a little bit. So every time Pentecost would come, Pentecost would either rise high or fall low with all concerning the success or the failure of the people and their crop and their harvest that year. There were some days they came to Pentecost. Honey, their arms are overloaded with tribute because it was a good year. We had good success with the crop. We had a great yielding. We had a bumper crop. But there were other times that maybe there was low spirits as they went to Pentecost. Yeah, still rejoicing, but I don't have quite what I had last year. Mm, Someone say amen. So the Pentecost would rise and fall. There would seemingly not really be a consistency because it was based upon their soil, their profitability, their harvest. It was based upon the people's season. So as they approached Pentecost, as they approached the day of Pentecost, it was all based upon what type of season they have had. Can someone say amen? As a matter of fact, whenever we read in the book of Joel in the Old Testament scripture and we read of the book of Joel and we see the mourning and we see the crying and we see the repentance, the catalyst, if you will, for the book of Joel was that there was a terrible locust plague that it fell upon Israel, left them destitute. The Bible says every type of crop, the grapes and the olives and the wheat and the barley and the figs and the pomegranates and the apples, all of them had been ravaged because of this plague that had come upon them. The cattle, as a result, was left without pasture because of the plague that came upon them. The severity of their situation was even compounded because of the drought that had overtaken that land. So you can bet well that whenever Pentecost came that year, they're not to go empty-handed, but they didn't have much to show for the happenings and the circumstance of that hour. Mm, someone say amen. Because their cattle's been left without pasture. There's a plague that's come upon and in their lives. They didn't know it was going to happen. Didn't know it was going to come. Didn't know all these things were going to befall them. But here they are. Here they are. They're having nothing but mourning. It's littered with mourning. It's littered with a somber attitude and a somber time because of the devastation of their crops. They're entering Pentecost right now. And the way that they're approaching it is absolutely related to what type of season they were in or that they had in their life. Someone say amen. That's before Acts 2 Pentecost. Pentecost prior to Acts 2 was determined by your circumstances. Pentecost prior to Acts 2 was determined what season of life that you found yourself in. Woo! The season before. Hmm. I'm preaching to a group of people and I don't know how we're all gonna get this all situated here tonight. But I'm preaching to a group of people today that I believe it's imperative for our day just as it was for their day to somehow be delivered from the normalcy 
of Pentecost because the normalcy of Pentecost is this. My way that I approach the temple, my way that I approach God is based upon where I'm presently at. The way that I approach the temple, even God in my worship and my dedication is on my environment. It's upon perhaps the lack of my harvest and my circumstance and my happen. Oh God. Oh, let's clap our hands into the Lord right here. Because I find, I find, Brother Whetstone, sometimes in our modern day churches, we still are trying to experience Pentecost by the way that it used to be defined. And we make our approach to God's house. And we make our approach to God's presence all based upon what life has been serving us right now at that point in time. And our heads sometimes are hung low. And we're overwhelmed by the plague. We're overwhelmed by the circumstance. We're overwhelmed by the environment. And we come to God and say, well, this is just based upon where I've been living for the past little while. My season that I... Oh, someone say amen. You guys doing all right? You're looking good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So all of this is taking place. You can understand. But all of this changed in the book of Acts. All of this changed. There's a group of people now that are being delivered from the normalcy of Pentecost. Whereas before, their tribute found its premise in their circumstances. Now, there's seven. Listen to me now. Now, there's seven or ten. Ten days of prayer and supplication, their approach, it's not based upon their circumstances. It's not based on their problems. It's based on their promise. It's not based upon what's already happened to them. It's based upon what's going to There needs to be something where we can get some deliverance in this hour from the normalcy, the normalcy of Pentecost. Because I know, folks, listen, I understand that there's good years and there's bad years. I understand there's good days and there's bad days. I understand sometimes you have a bumper crop and sometimes you don't have much to speak of. And the circumstances that are whirling in your life would like to eat away at you. But listen, folks, we're living on this side of the book of Acts. We're living on this side of the book of Acts. I don't have to go and think, well, it's just these sacrifices, no work, and a social feast. I don't have to think through that type of mentality or that mind or have what I do when I get here. Amen. Be dictated by my circumstances and my happenings. Where the people had that prayer, when the people had that visitation from on high, that Pentecost that took happen that day was not because of where they were positionally. It was because of a promise. A promise. A promise. Someone say a promise. Before, it was regulated by their surroundings. But now, it's gauged by the Spirit. Before, on Pentecost, on the day of Pentecost, you got too many. Before the day of Pentecost, any man, any observer knew Heath did well. Andrew didn't do so. Based upon the tribute of the free will because it was in proportion to how they had done in their season. He did well. Andrew didn't do so good. That was Pentecost before Acts because it was based on circumstances. Pentecost after Acts, though, a 
I'll give you those back. She ain't without them. You still got more books in here. I'm not counting. So look about right here. I see two, four, six, eight, two, four, six. Oh, okay, we just got to take one. Pentecost after Acts. I don't see any difference. I don't see any difference. But you know what? The miracle of the matter is, I don't see any difference in their approach. I don't see any difference in their activity of entering in that day. But you know what the miracle is? Andrew's had a good year this year. But Heath hasn't had a good year. But the Pentecost had acts isn't based upon their environment. It's not based on their surroundings. It's based upon the prompt. It's not based on what has happened. It's based upon what's going on. What? Somebody needs to rise to their feet right now and somehow be delivered from the normalcy of Pentecost. I'm not entering in here based upon where I've been, what life has served me. I'm entering here based upon a promise of what God's going to do in my life. Someone say yes. Oh, glory. That's the reason why in Pentecostal churches, apostolic churches, you should be able to see the one that comes in but doesn't have two nickels to rub together. Shouting right by the one that could have some despair. And the reason why that can happen is because it's not based upon where they are. It's based upon where they're going. That's the reason why, Brother Whetstone, I've seen people enter the church. Man, they've had sickness rivet. Somehow their bodies and their family, problem after problem after problem, they still stood. They still clapped their hands. They still smiled. They still sung the songs of glory. Why? They were delivered from the normal say of pity. I'm not going to let that define me. Someone say hallelujah. Guys, I think you might be able to be seated. But if I need you to grab those books, will you? Okay. Hallelujah. It's gauged by the Spirit. Gauged by the Spirit. Not upon happenings, but upon Him. Uh-huh. That's the reason why I draw great comfort then in knowing after the day of Pentecost that I understand that there were periods in time in the Apostle Paul's life that they weren't all good days. As a matter of fact, for the Apostle Paul, they probably stacked up pretty heavy on the negative days. Imprisonment, beatings, left for dead, shipwreck. God. Night and day spent in the deep in the perils of false brethren. All these different things. Can I read in Acts 20 and verse 16 that Paul said that he had determined to sell by Ephesus because he would not spend time in Asia. Look at the wording. For he hasted. If it were possible for him to be at Jerusalem the day of Pentecost. This is Pentecost after Acts 2. <laughs> He said, I'm hasting. 
I can't wait. I can't miss it. I gotta be there. But if you never got the new mentality and mind frame of the Acts 2 Pentecost, Paul may have been entering that day with just a meager little bit of tribute to the Lord because of what life had served him over the few months prior to. Pentecost. But honey, whenever you get delivered from the normalcy of what Pentecost was to the fact of what Pentecost is, then you're hasting to get to God's house and you're hasting to get to God's presence because it's not contingent when you approach there and go there about where you've been and what you've been through and all the headache and hang up and heartache that you've been. It's based upon what God's promising to you. It's based upon what God is speaking into your life. Something that's amazing to me in scripture. If I could say it in so many words. Pre- Acts days, Pentecost. They were controlled by their environment. Okay? Here's something happened on the day of Pentecost. When it was fully come and there came that sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. I like to denote the word and it filled all the house where they were sitting more than just filling the house where they were sitting. The Bible tells us in four, in verse 4, that they, those who were in that house, that upper room chamber, it filled, <laughs> all were filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Whenever you consider the word filled, I, we, 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 you ever notice sometimes we get, we get these mental pictures that uh, go along with Words We get mental pictures sometimes of the meanings of words in our mind. Because I would dare to say that most people, whenever they begin to think of field, they almost maybe begin to think of a container that is at the brim full. They can't hold anymore. Has anybody ever done that? Did you already do it? Get these mental pictures of, you know, that's field like a, like a container that's full. Envisioning the container that's just so full. But the field in Scripture in the books of Acts chapter number 2 isn't so much the picture of like a vessel that is completely full as much as it is one that is controlled. That spirit filled the house. If I may interject through the meaning of the word, it controlled the house. That spirit controlled the people. <laughs> the people that were bystanders and onlookers even knew because in verse 13, the Bible says others mocking said, these men are full. Now they had it wrong what they were full or controlled by, but they knew they were controlled. Before Acts 2, Pentecost, people were controlled by their circumstance. After Acts 2, Pentecost, people were controlled by the Spirit. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know what I believe sometimes the enemy tells you or maybe the church as a whole at times that every time you come to church you can't have Pentecost. Uh-huh. Every time you come to church you can't have Pentecost. 
Every time you come to Wednesday night Bible study, you can't have Pentecost. I know you have a great time sometimes when you kick up your heels and you feel the presence and the glory of the Lord, but you can't have that every service. Has that ever happened to you? Has that ever passed over your mind? I'll tell you as a pastor today that it has me. You know what, I've come to understand that that is an old doctrine, that's an old dogma, that's an old being encompassed by the old way that Pentecost used to be viewed. Thinking that it can't always be the same. It can't always be the same because some years are going to be like this and sometimes are going to be like that. And so my Pentecost is going to be dictated by my circumstances you understand the mentality that we're dealing with in our day we still got that old mentality that old mentality we can't have it every time we go we can't have it every time we sing we can't have it every time we worship it's got to be up and down up and down up and down i'm here to tell you different we need a deliverance from the normalcy of pentecost you can come in every time and get controlled not by your circumstances but by that spirit with an expectancy of a promise that is his to come. Stand with me right now. Uh-huh. Oh, God. And his promises are yea and amen to them that believe. Woo! Yea and amen to them that believe. Hallelujah. So the next time you enter the next service and that old enemy begins to perch upon your shoulder and tell you what it can't be, what that service can't be to you, you got to remember that you can't be controlled by that. That, that, that is a, an archive of what Pentecost was. But what Pentecost is, is all about my promise, all about the control of that spirit. Because I guarantee you right now, amen, if a father, amen, being evil knows how to give good gifts to his children, how much more so shall your heavenly father? Uh-huh. Yes. Man, let's just bow our heads in this place right now. Let's bow our heads in this place right now. I feel absolutely impressed by the Spirit tonight, folks, that we need that very type of deliverance in this house. That very type of deliverance in this house. Pentecost for those people of old, they knew it was going to take place on a certain day, a certain day of the month. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to take place. This is how it's going to be. But whenever you come to this modern day Pentecost, the paradigm being shifted at Acts 2, you can come in expecting the unexpectable, regardless of what life has served you up to that point. We need a deliverance in this hour. Will there be anybody even right now tonight as we're, we're talking right now, will there be anybody right now tonight that would just put their foot in the aisle and start to come forward and say, Brother McGee, Brother McGee, that's been me. That's been me. I've been bound by the old thinking, amen, that I can only have this because this is what life served me. I, I can only expect this. This is the only thing that can be brought. My approach has to be dictated by what life has served me. That's what I've been. That's, that's the way that I've been functioning. I, I, my approach to church and my approach to the kingdom and my approach to worship service has all been contingent upon what life has served me. Listen, friend, and this, this is not a bad thing at all, but you need to deliver from the normalcy, the normalcy of you will of Pentecost you need to come with understanding that God's got a promise for
for you. God's got an inheritance for you. God has something better for you than where you currently are at. And when you come in with that type of mentality, hallelujah, you're saying stack it all up, boys. Nobody knows any different from you or another person. Although your circumstances may be different, you have a similar promise. These altars are open tonight. Come on, there's some people that need to make some steps forward because I guarantee you some of you have been right where I've talked of. Amen. Your life, your worship, everything's been dictated by what life has served you. Get delivered from that. Look a little higher than that. Climb up if you will. If you got to see, look over everything that's going on and see what God is promising. Allow your life to be controlled, consumed, encompassed by the Spirit. We're going to sing tonight. These altars are open. I wish for you to respond. I wish for you to respond. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.